How's everybody doing? <laughs> Blessed and highly favored, other than warm, amen? So good to see all of you. Before we get started this morning, um, I'm going to have uh, uh, Pastor Kim come. She wants to share a little testimony today. So. Amen. I was so excited when, you know, I saw people coming up and putting names on the bulbs because I know so many of you here have put names on a bulb and you're believing God. For some of you, it seems the impossible. And I want to tell you a testimony for us. And if I get all emotional, it's just what I do. So, <laughs> but um, we have children. They're married. They have kids of their own. Praise the Lord if you have grandkids. It's the best. And, um, but one of our sons and his wife, struggled with infertility and they both just desired so much to have kids sorry and um so we've been standing and believing with them um for a baby and praise the lord you know like six or seven years in they had a sweet little boy samuel christian but it wasn't it was like they just had so much more they just believed that that god had more for them and so they'd been believing and still not getting pregnant, not conceiving, not conceiving, going through infertility treatments, not conceiving. And so last year, the beginning of 2022, we said, God, we have a big ask. Yeah. And our big ask is that our kids can have that desire of their heart fulfilled and have more children. And so we just, we just kept praying and kept believing and saying, thank you, God. And we told them. We said, our big ask for you this year is that you conceive and have another baby. And they said, yes, hallelujah. And um, about, and I'm just going to be honest with you. And for those of you, I want this to be encouraging for you. So in April of last year, I was praying and I was just standing in, in faith, believing, because there's so many scriptures that talk about childbirth and the, the blessing that the children are and that the fruit of the womb will be blessed, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know, completely honest, I said, you know, God, it would be so great if they got pregnant sooner rather than later. It'd be so awesome if we didn't have to wait till the end of the year, you know, for, for that, you know, positive pregnancy test. But God, not my will, yours be done. And we just kept continue praying and praying and praying. And then when we went to Israel uh, in November, still their, their pregnancy test came back negative, and we just kept saying, you know, it's getting close to the end of the year, and our big ask again was, God, this year, we're believing this year, and we went to the Western Wall, and we just wrote a prayer request on a piece of paper and stuck it in a crack and said, God, we thank you. We thank you that your word does not return void but it will do the very thing it was sent to do and will prosper. Amen. And I love that second part, how he promises that his word will prosper. Because in December, we flew home to spend Christmas with our family. <laughs> and we got the best news ever, that they were pregnant. And we rejoiced. And we were so excited. But you guys, it doesn't stop there. Because then in January, they went in for an ultrasound. And don't you know that word prospered? And they're having twins. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you that as you're praying over those bulbs and you're believing God Amen. for that, that big ask, that thing that seems so impossible, he is working. He is doing it. And even you may not see it, but trust him and believe because it will happen. Amen. Amen. Good word. Awesome. Thank you. That stirs up faith, doesn't it? 
Well, praise God. Well, um, I have a message today that the Holy Spirit really put in my heart a couple weeks ago, and I normally do, uh, if you're here long enough, I do series, and God's kind of had me in like little mini sermons for you guys to really kind of prepare what's going to come. But uh, the last couple weeks, the Lord's been really challenging me for our church to get back to our charismatic roots of speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit. That we're living in a time as Christ followers that we have to be very keen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in this hour. That his presence is real. It is powerful. It change, his presence changes atmospheres. I believe the Holy Spirit is desperately trying to talk to us in this hour. And so as I begin to share things through the word of God, there may be some things that you know, but I'm believing that it's going to re-provoke the truth of God on the inside of us. That we really need to awaken that power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. The church has been lulled to sleep. We, you know, the church has had the happy-go-lucky messages, and I believe we're coming in a time that if we don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit, and if we are not empowered with the Holy Spirit and his anointing in this hour, we could fall prey to the enemy's deceptions. And how many say, I'm not falling prey to the enemy? And we don't want to give into the world's way and the seduction way and, and the easy way. Sometimes following Christ in this hour may be challenging. And you're going to have to be bold in your faith. You're going to have to be bold in what the word of God says. But when you know the Holy Spirit that abides on the inside of you and dwells around you, you can walk in that boldness in this hour. Because it's going to be the boldness of the church that is going to see the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. It's going to be the boldness of the church that is going to see lives change and restored out there. Not just wait till they get in here, but really be restored out there. But it's also going to be with the Holy Spirit inside of you and, and praying in the Holy Spirit every day. It's going to give you a discernment in this hour. And we need a voice of discernment in this hour because the enemy is coming very small. I shouldn't even say subtle anymore. Like the enemy is actually getting very bold, but the church is getting very intimidated and quiet. And it's time for us to reactivate the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's time to remember who he is and the power that we walk in as the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are influencers in a supernatural world. And God has called you to be an influencer in the supernatural world. That everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit goes with you. When you go into your job, you've got the Holy Spirit going with you. That means the enemy has to flee. Confusion has to flee. All the assignments of the enemy against you have to flee because of the Spirit of God that goes with you. But if we forget the Holy Spirit and we leave him at home and we never engage with him, we never invite him into our everyday, into our decisions, into our worship, into our prayer. He waits on our free will, doesn't he? He waits on us. And so I want to encourage us over this next rest of this year is to be intentional with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come into my everyday. Come into my marriage. Come into my business. Come into my children. Invite him in because he is waiting like the gentleman that he is for you to say yes to him. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a person. We don't, he's not an it. He's a person. He's a presence of God. We don't have time to go through every scripture, but the Bible says that he speaks to you. How many need the voice of God? I need the voice of God. God, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Not what my flesh has to say, not what the media has to say, not what us TikTok has to say. Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying in this hour. Don't raise your hand, but how many of us said that prayer over the last week? 
Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Why? Because he will tell the truth of the kingdom. He will tell what God is saying. If you want to know the mysteries of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks the mysteries of the kingdom. Amen. The enemy will strive with sinners. He'll bring conviction to your heart and others' hearts. He's the comforter that comes and comforts our heart. He helps with our infirmities. He can be grieved. He can be resisted. If we're not sensitive when his presence shows up and we just continue to do what we want to do when we want to do it, it can grieve the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is something we'll be very intentional in this house is to say, Holy Spirit, always have your way in this place. Have your way. It may be uncomfortable to the religious people, but I'm not here for the religious. We're here for the lost. We're here for those who need hope and help and freedom and deliverance and to be empowered with the Holy Spirit themselves. Amen. So we're going to go back to the beginning. Say the beginning. I'll get you out by lunch. I promise. We're only going to go Genesis to Revelation. It's okay. Take a deep breath. We got snacks, I think. There's like snack times in a minute. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning because we want to see that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit has always been present. And if you look at Genesis 1 verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, right? But what happened? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What was the Spirit doing? The Holy Spirit at the very beginning, before there was anything created, there was darkness. The Holy Spirit was hovering that word hovering is the word rock, rockafaf, something like that anyway. But it's a gentle wavering. It's a fluttering. There's a, a motion or a sweeping or a moving. That same presence that was at the beginning became now the extension or the executive arm of God. When God said, let there be, the Holy Spirit was put into motion. And that same hovering of the Holy Spirit is still here today on earth. And we'll go to Acts when he was actually ushered in through the evidence and the empowerment of speaking in tongues. But the Holy Spirit was hovering on the face of the earth. Amen. He was here for an assignment. Now let's look at Genesis 1, 26. He did all this creation. God began to form all the earth. And in verse 26, he was wanting to create man. And he said, then God said, let us make man in our image. Say our image. That's the Trinity. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, when I create man, I've created all these things on earth to function, but I'm creating man with a divine purpose. I'm creating them with a design to be like us in the fullness of the Spirit, right? To walk as God on earth. We are not God, but to walk in the authority that God gave us on earth. To be creators, to speak with our mouth the word of God. And the same word that brought light is the same word that can come out of your mouth to produce life and blessings over your children, over your marriages, and here on earth. Do you know you can reroute every assignment of the enemy just by speaking the word of God? Why? Because you've been made, Scripture says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have, what? Dominion. So what were you created on earth for? Dominion. You have jurisdictional authority over the realm of the spirit. So the Bible says no weapon formed against you can prosper. 
No tongue that rises up against you, that, that tongue has to be defeated before you. Why? Because you've been given the image of Christ, the Holy Spirit around you and in you, to have dominion authority. That means that whatever place the enemy's trying to come against you, your marriage, your finances, has to be under your feet. He has no jurisdictional boundary. That means if he's in your house and the discouragement is there and the frustration is there, somewhere you're not taking dominion authority. Some of you have forgotten that the Holy Spirit dwells and lives on the inside of you. If you would stand up and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And I've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. And you can, the, the, you can pray the language of heaven, which prays the perfect will of God. You may not understand what tongues is. And we're going to go over the scriptures in a minute. But heaven understands that language. How many would like to talk God talk? You may not know much about the Bible, but you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. You begin to pray in that language that God has birthed from your spirit, not from your mind. You begin to align with the kingdom of heaven. You begin to align with supernatural principles to the word of God. It's not something you're going to understand with your ears, but your spirit will go yes and amen. And we're going to pray for you. If you don't speak in tongues yet, we're going to pray for you at the end of this service. And you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And there's some of us who need to remember that you've got your prayer language. And you have forgotten to talk God talk. And it's time to get some God talk out of our mouths. Get off the phone. Get off social media complaining. And it's time to open up heaven with the talk of angels. Amen. So he said, I've given you dominion and authority over what? The birds of the air, the cattle. Let's go at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He said, I've created you in my image. I want to sit here for just a minute. Because we are living in a culture that wants to take away the identity of who God created, male and female. And that onslaught has been around forever, challenging people with their identity and their sexuality. And I'm going to be doing a series on starting to fight for our family because I'm going to tell you the devil is after your children. And the devil isn't sneaking around anymore. They are challenging children at three and four years old to have puberty blockers to question their sexuality. Why is that happening? Their children can have sex change right now without even parental consent. Why? Because the devil wants to destroy the identity, the dominion authority that was given at the very beginning that we were made in the image of Christ, male and female, he created them. This isn't about social justice. This isn't about uh, laws and, and all the uh, political stuff. This isn't feel sorry for people. No, this is the devil attacking his creation. And everything that God created, listen, the devil hates. He hates it. And if he can wipe out the identity of creation, then he can put his identity and his agenda into the heart of man and steal a generation from rising up in the church like, well, I just feel sorry for them. No, I don't. I don't feel sorry for a demon. I'm going to bind that demon in the name of Jesus. I'm going to bind that, that confusion that's in the heart of this generation. And I know it's more than just binding. I understand that there are conversations that need to be had. But if the church doesn't remember our authority and the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that you have the anointing of God to set people free that are bound by confusion in their sexuality. 
This isn't about being afraid. No, it's about I have the answer to help you. If you were a drug addict, I wouldn't think anything different. I've got the answer to lay hands on you, give you the Holy Spirit, fill you with the power of God so that you can walk in freedom in every area of your life. But the devil hates the identity of the family. He hates the identity of young people. So he's challenging that, and, and he has a foothold. I'm going to tell you that. The devil has a foothold in this area, and the church needs to rise up with a vengeance and not be afraid. I told my goddaughter very young, I don't know, she was maybe in fourth grade, and wanted to watch this uh, series that came on television. And I said, well, let me watch it before you do. And it opened up with the full sexual scene. And all of her friends were watching it. And, you know, the Bible says that God, Solomon said, don't awaken passion before it's time. Why? Because perversion comes when it's not understood. So you've got these little kids watching sexual things that they don't understand, confusing, and it opens up their sexuality, and they don't understand why they're feeling a certain way, and they're feeling a certain confusion. It's because they weren't meant to have their eye gates open to that kind of sexuality at their age. Men? So we got to be very careful. we got to be mindful what our kids are watching. You know, I, I, this was not my message today. I probably should save this passion for another day. But I'm, like, pretty wound up about this and the attack against our children. But uh, what's the singer? His last name is Manson. It's not Charles Manson, but the singer Manson. Thank you. Marilyn Manson came from a Baptist preacher's background. And he was at his grandfather's house, and him and his cousin went into the, the basement, and he noticed uh, paint cans, just paint cans all up and down the wall. And him and curious kids opened it up, and it was Playboy after Playboy after play, Playboy, all in these paint cans. Obviously, Grandpa had a sexual addiction problem, pornography problem. And these little boys, being little, sexuality was opened to them. Perversion was open to them. And he said, I can look back, and one night he was down there, he got addicted to pornography very young. I think they were like seven or something, him and his cousin. And he was down in the basement looking through pornography, and um, his grandpa ended up coming down, so they hid somewhere in the corner. Well, the grandpa had this whole corner of his um, basement that was given to sexual things, bondage and all of that. Well, they happened to see their grandpa do these kind of things. And he looks back and he tells the story, that's the day the demons came into him. And parents are not safeguarding our children. They're, oh, we need to love, we need to love, we need to support. No, we don't. Because the devil is after the hearts of these young children, opening up sexuality before they even understand the answer, filling them with demons of perversion before they can even understand the freedom of Christ. And if we at the church are just lulled to sleep and we're afraid to make a stand because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, this is not, the Bible says your battle is not against flesh and blood. Listen, our battle is not about cross-dressers. It's not about that. It's about the assignment of the devil against this generation. You should, be, you should be shouting a lot louder than that, church. I know this is hard, but if the church isn't speaking the truth, if I'm hiding and I'm afraid to challenge the word of God to someone who is challenging, then we have missed the boat as to why we are the church of Jesus Christ. 
You should be able to sit down with someone and have the conversation, walk in love and say, God wants to free you from that perversion. He wants to free you from that sexual addiction or that shame or that abuse. You have the Holy Spirit living in you to overcome all power of the enemy, amen. The church needs to awaken in this hour and walk with boldness and walk with courage. So we'll do that in another series. You guys okay? Okay. Not all of you can see this, but in Ephesians 1, it says this. This might be a little basic for some, but I want to show you. In him you also trusted, Ephesians 1.13, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, right, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So what does that mean? Without Christ, you are empty. This is what the world looks like. And what are they doing? They're filling it with all worldly things. They're filling it with worldly pleasures, addiction, soft pornography, behavior, whatever it is. They're trying to fill the void that only the Holy Spirit can fill. So when we offer salvation to someone, the Bible says, I hope it's open, you are filled when you receive Jesus. You are filled with the Spirit of God. So that longing that you're, you're longing for, that emptiness, that void, that, that place of no joy and no unhappiness is filled by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells on the inside of you. How many are thankful for the Holy Spirit? Amen. He comes in and he, and he begins to fill you up. But there's another assignment that comes. So this is separate from water baptism. So water baptism, it's clear through all the four epistles that there was salvation, they got saved, they got water baptized, that's the submersion into the water and coming out, and then there was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the salvation filled you up, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and I'm probably getting a little premature, but when you invite the, the baptism, which scripture is clear, it's a baptism, when you receive the Holy Spirit's baptism, you receive the overflow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Sorry for those of you that can't see it over there. It's a cup of water overflowing. But what happens? Now the Spirit lives in you, but when you allow that baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is, the Bible says, the evidence of the speaking in tongues, now that begins to overflow in your life. And what used to become just your relationship now overflows to everyone around you. Now your family gets touched. Your marriage is touched. Now those, your, your job, you can pray for and love on them. Everywhere you go, people are going to say, what is it about your life? Well, I just have the Holy Spirit flowing through me. I live in the same world. I hear the same news. I hear the same disappointment. But I've got the greater one living on the inside of me. And I'm walking and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. The moment my feet hit the ground, I'm praying the language of heaven. And I'm stirring up the gift of God on the inside of me that I can go in this world victorious because I know the Holy Spirit is in my life. And what happens? Life happens, and it, it pours out, and we, a bill comes, and there's brokenness. So what do I need to do? I need the Holy Spirit to come back and fill me up. I'm running out of water. Holy Spirit. There we go. Some of us have been loving God a long time, and you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit 10 years ago, but it's time to start praying in the Holy Spirit again. It's time to stir up God's Holy Spirit. Let it begin to overflow. Start speaking in tongues over your children. Speak in tongues over your businesses. You start releasing the supernatural power of God in your life. 
Why? Because I may live in this earth suit, but I walk by the Spirit of God. I walk by the blessings of God. What the Word of God says is for me because I'm a supernatural being. I've been made in the image of God, the Creator, and everywhere I go, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm favored, I have health, I have relationships, I have opportunities because I got the greater one on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Christians should not be beat down and defeated and, and, and all empty. No, we should be full and topped off with the word of God. If Folgers is good to the last drop, then come on, somebody. Let's get the Holy Spirit activated in our life. Once again, his power that he gave us here on earth. Amen. So let's look at Luke 24 really quick. Matthew, Mark, Luke 24. This is going to be the assignment. Luke 24, verse 49 says this. This is Jesus. And what did he say right before this? I don't have the scripture or time. But he gave them the assignment. And he said, I want you to go and I want you to share the good news. I want you to go and teach repentance and the forgiveness and the remissions of sins to the nation. Listen, church, we need to be in this hour repented. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. If you don't have a conviction voice in your life, somewhere the Holy Spirit has been pushed out here. And we need to say, Holy Spirit, get back in my business. Convict me of the things. Trouble me, trouble my heart for the things that trouble you, God. If you need a relationship to go, it's going to go. If you want a behavior to go, it's going to go. Whatever you want, Holy Spirit, you have your way in my life. And it's time for the church to repent of the sins in our life and of the sins of the forefathers so that we can walk in revival the way God has called the church of Jesus Christ to walk into. He says, so I, I've given you this assignment. I, I've, I've anointed you to do these things, right? And in verse 49, he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. He's like, listen, I'm about to go away, but I'm going to send the power that will do the same thing that I would do if I was present, but you have to wait for him. That's not a cuss word. When was the last time we actually sat at the feet of Jesus? When was the last time we just turned off TV, put the kids to bed? And just sat quiet before the Lord. He said, tarry for my Holy Spirit. It means to wait, settle, remain, calm. How can we hear the agenda of God if we are not sitting at his feet? We are a busy society. And we are here and we were there and our phones, if we're not moving, our fingers are moving and the phones are busy. And I understand life is happening and you have children in school and all those things. But we still need to put time in our day to say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to sit at your feet and I'm going to remain until you speak to me. Because I need your voice in this hour. What is God saying to you in this hour? Amen. He said, I'm going to give you my promise. That means if I said it, I'm going to do it. And tarry in Jerusalem. And what does that mean? I'm going to give you power. 
What is that word power? It's dunamis. It's dynamite. When the Holy Spirit gets active in your life again, it's dynamite. That means nothing the enemy can do to you or your life can prosper against you. You have dunamis power of God. You can blow up the assignments of the enemy. You can blow up resistance in your life. If you've been trying to cross that area and you keep hitting that dead road and head and that dead road, get the Holy Spirit activated in your life. Get that dunamis power of God that what? Allows you to accomplish the plan God set in your life. If God said go lay hands on the sick, his spirit is empowering you to do that. If he said to cast out demons, he's empowered you to cast out demons through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have dunamis power. I've always said wherever I go, I don't carry yet. I'd like to carry a gun. I don't know that I trust myself. I know. I'm a pretty good shooter, though. Ask Nate. I was really good. But I will tell you one thing I am as sure of is I know the name of Jesus. And I know if danger or harm come my way, I can say the name of Jesus. I can say, Holy Spirit, begin to arise. And there is something in the supernatural that will begin to activate, that will save and spare my life and reroute the agenda of the enemy. I am so assured of that. Doesn't mean I don't walk in wisdom, but I know if danger comes my way, I have the Holy Spirit, the dunamis power of God. My mom was terrified of dogs, and so she went over to her sister-in-law's house, and she had a Doberman pincher. And uh, they always put this dog up when my mom comes over. Well, what happened was a Doberman pincher was locked up in a bedroom, and my mom was sitting on the living room couch, and out came this Doberman pincher. You know, like slow motion, your greatest fear, like, woof. And she looked at that thing and she said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And that dog began to go, arr, 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 and, and literally spin and went and hid under the bed. Come on, somebody. When you know your authority and the Holy Spirit that lives in you, everything has to bow its knee. You're not taking authority over the natural. I have no power with my own natural voice. But when I know the sound of God, when I know the Holy Spirit's anointing is coming out of my mouth, heaven begins to shake and open up and the devil begins to be in fear against what I'm saying because of the dunamis power of God in my life. When you're praying for your children, that's why mama, God heard the grandma's prayers. The prayers of her, that's a woman that prayed, amen? supernatural realm knows the power of your voice so let's look so he gave him the assignment wait for it it's going to come let's look at acts chapter one matthew mark luke john acts chapter one it says this my point is i think i've missed a few points i do apologize holy spirit gives you supernatural power and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. There's the wait again, sitting, tearing for the promise of the Father, which he has said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, there's water baptism, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We're about to see the greatest entrance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's a supernatural power. 
You're not walking in your own ability. You're walking in partnership with the Holy Spirit, which is dunamis power. That's the best business partner you can have on earth is the Holy Spirit. Let him be your cohort, amen? And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church again, and we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit once again, we will cross generational cultures. When we walk in the Holy Spirit, we can deal with the confusion that's in society today. We can deal with uh, the belief system of sexuality. And we can deal with cross-dressers. Uh, cross we can deal with it because now I'm walking in the Holy Spirit. He's anointed me with power to go through what? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Everywhere you go, you are anointed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whoever God puts around you is the sphere he's called you to touch. And he's anointed you to be there. And the more confidence that you have and where God is placing you, God will, God will bring you into places that will be even more valuable to the world. Because he'll trust you with your voice. He'll trust you with your boldness and your courage to walk according to the word of God. Amen. All right, so let's keep going here. Where was I at? So he says, I've given you supernatural power so that you shall receive power, which is the dunamis power of God. So let's go over now to Acts 2. He still gave them the assignment. Now look at Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all with one accord in one place, right? They were obedient to Terry. And suddenly... That means there was a roar of uh, sea waves that begin to happen. Can you imagine being in that upper room? Ooh, I hope we get to have that on replay when we get to heaven. I can't even imagine what this must have sounded like. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. What's that? The supernatural began to happen. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, remember the filling, the baptism, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What happened? They began to speak the language of heaven. And the Bible says that they began and they continued to teach the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just a one-time encounter on, on um, that, that morning. It continued all through the New Testament. There's, I think, five encounters that we don't have time to go through where people got saved, they got water baptized, they got filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Why? Then the Bible went on to say signs and wonders followed the believers. So what is tongues for? A bunch of Christians to run around the church speaking in tongues? No. We'll look at that in just a minute. Matter of fact, they had, Paul had to bring order to the Corinthians church because they were so radical, only speaking in tongues. But the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is so that signs and wonders can follow you. See, in the times we're living in, we should not be following signs and wonders because the devil's going to have his own signs. You know that. The Antichrist is going to rise up and he will do mighty miracles in the name of God, but it won't be God. And that's why the church has to know the Holy Spirit and have a discernment so we'll know good from evil in these last days. Amen. Amen. 
So I'm not going to follow signs and wonders because you're probably going to follow somebody right off the cliff of craziness. But guess what I do know? Everywhere I go, they should follow me. <laughs> People should be getting saved when you show up places. People should be getting healed when you show up places. Why? Because I'm empowered with the Holy Spirit. I'm Holy Spirit conscious. I'm thinking of people and how they can be touched by the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of me. There will be a lot of things you'll do in life, but I will promise you the only thing that will make you really happy is when you touch somebody's lives with the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. When you see somebody, I've laid hands on demons and had them come out of people. There's nothing more exciting than to see someone get set free from satanic influence. It can be a little intimidating and scary when I teach you how to do it. But if you know the Holy Spirit's in you and you know the name of Jesus, that spirit has to come out and bow its knee to the name of Jesus Christ. And it has to listen to the authority that's in my voice. So when I'm dealing with demonic things, I say, you, in the name of Jesus, you will shut up, you will not go on display, and you're coming out right now, the name and the blood of Jesus. And I've seen so many, there have been people delivered right here at the altar, you didn't even know. A little growling here. And, nope, you're not going to make any sound. See, the devil wants acknowledgement. Nope, you're going to come out, name of Jesus, go. And that person gets free. They get touched by the Holy Spirit. That's what the church should look like today. We should be walking power sticks for Jesus Christ. And just pay attention. Somebody's talking to you how they're hurting. Somebody's talking to you about their marriage. And all you got to do is grab their hands and say, in the name of Jesus. I don't know much, but I know Pastor Barb said I got dunamis power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. And you're going to find freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's the pattern that we begin to see. That is the New Testament church of Jesus Christ. God is calling his church back to the New Testament church of Jesus Christ. That everywhere we're going, we're having demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. How many are ready for that? Amen. That dunamis power of God. I am too. So I want us to look at this in Acts chapter 19. Let's go really quick. Just flip over. Just giving you lots of scripture today. Acts chapter 19, verse, I guess, 4. What began to happen? Is it 4? 19, 4 through 7. Okay. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who could come after him, that is Christ Jesus. So there's salvation. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. So there's water baptism. Verse 6. And when Peter had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. There you go. That's what the salvation experience should look like. Let's not leave people hanging at salvation. Let's get them filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, and the evidence of speaking in tongues so they can prophesy in their life. So let's look at verse 11. What happened after they were filled with the Spirit? Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. See, unusual miracles should follow us. There are supernatural manifestations. Paul's shadow healed people when he walked by. That's unusual miracles. That doesn't make sense, but that's the Holy Spirit taking over. Amen? Verse 12, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and evil spirits went out from, on the, out from them. A handkerchief. That doesn't make sense in the natural, but it's the supernatural that takes over when you have the Holy Spirit. 
One plus one does not equal two with the kingdom of God. It doesn't make sense. How are they getting set free? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit is moving and, and moving and setting them free in their life. And as soon as they begin to sense the Holy Spirit on your life, they'll be drawn to the things of God in your life. I remember when I was in Romania, too long of a story to go into, but um, uh, we put demonstrations on at the altar. We begin to show the power of the Holy Spirit. And the women were not allowed to preach over there. I didn't know that. Nobody told me. But there I am holding a mic in front of this little gypsy church. But one thing the Lord said to do is I want you to dress like the gypsies dress. So I did. I obeyed God. I dressed like I had a really cute little outfit. It was so cute. And uh, I didn't know why he said, God said to do that, but I did. Didn't know the women were outside trying to create a riot uh, against the church because I was a woman preaching in their church at the, at the front. I had no idea. What happened was the women began to peek in and see this, this thing of God was doing. And when they looked in, they saw me dress like them. And they went, huh, what's going on? And they said, when we, when we saw her dress like us, we came in and listened, and we felt God. We felt God. And those women who are traditionally rigid, they have head coverings. They begin to take their head coverings off in the church one by one, asking me to lay hands on them and anoint them and sending off to the sick. See, when the people see the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, they will do whatever it takes to find that freedom. And we're afraid, and we want to hide the little Holy Spirit, and people won't understand. No, the, the religious people don't understand. The Bible says that tongues are for the unbeliever. The world wants the truth. The world wants the demonstration, while the church is just, oh, well, let's not scare them. That's more true than you realize in churches. I was sitting in a meeting full of pastors. How much time I got? I was sitting in a meeting full of very well-known leaders. You would know them if I said their name. And they literally said this. We are uber uh, secretive to the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings. And I looked around, and that one pastor got up and left the room. I was shocked. I'm like, so when do you let him in? When do you let the Holy Spirit in? He's the power here on earth. He's the Trinity here on earth. And we're going to be secret sensitive because people may not understand speaking in tongues. That's not my job. That's not our job. Our job is to get people filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is part of the plan of God, and hopefully we'll get there in just a minute. But the world wants this truth. You think witchcraft isn't off the charts right now? Tarot cards? Everywhere you look, people are drawn to spiritual things that we have the real power of God. We can read people's mail. We can prophesy. We can move with demonstrations, and yet we're ashamed to really put them in the forefront of our life. It's time to change that. Amen? So the supernatural begin to take place. Let's look at Mark 16. I have a couple more minutes, so can I give you some more verses really quick? Mark 16, 17 through 18 says this. Where are we at here? And these signs will follow those who believe. 
You see that? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. What does that mean? The greatest resistance to any flu or virus or sickness in this world is going to be the Holy Spirit in your life. The, the people, we may not always be protected from everything. Listen by the Spirit. He says, you will, you will take up serpents and drink anything deadly, and it will not hurt you. Doesn't mean we don't walk in wisdom, but I also don't walk in fear. Because I know the Holy Spirit is, is in my life, and if I'm breathing air, he's got a plan and a purpose, and that means health and healing belongs to me, and I've got the blood of Jesus around me, and I don't have to walk in fear for any other virus or whatever it is that may try to rise up in the world, because I know the Holy Spirit is living in my life. Why? Because the Bible says so. I can touch those things, and they don't harm me. We can shake those things off. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. How many is blessed this morning? Okay, let's, let's get to 1 Corinthians, and then I'll wrap it up this morning. Because I think this is an important part. 1 Corinthians, we are to pray in tongues. Say, we are to pray in tongues. God wants us to pray in tongues. First, chapter 14, verse 1. And this is where there's some order coming to the church. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Listen, you're to desire spiritual gifts. That means to be zealous for. You should want the gifts of the Spirit in your life. I learned that at uh, 17. My dad says, well, you know, you can have all the gifts of the Spirit. I'm like, I, I can? He said, yeah, you can desire all the gifts. And I'm like, I want them all, hallelujah. And I can flow in every one of the gifts of the Spirit. Not because I'm special, but because I was zealous. I wanted what God had, amen? Verse 2, for he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God. So when you're praying in tongues and you're praying language, you're speaking to God. You're speaking heavenly language that he understands. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit you speak mysteries. So you're not meant to understand what tongues is. You're not meant to. It bypasses it's your spirit praying past the brain waves, praying the will of God in your life, the mysteries of heaven. If you need to pray over your children, wouldn't you much rather pray the mysteries of heaven and what God knows about them than what you think you know about them? Whew, I'd rather walk and pray an hour over my loved ones than worried about getting my articulate language correct. Verse 4, for he who speaks in the tongues edifies himself. So what happens when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. So as you're speaking in tongues, you may be down, you may be depressed, you may be overwhelmed. Start speaking in tongues. <clears throat> you should make a habit every day to wake up, <coughs> excuse me, make a habit and speak in tongues every day. I should drink that water, but it's kind of ugly over there. Someone just throw me a straw. Just kidding. Thank you, Miss Denise. Got a little tickle in my throat. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. You have a prayer weapon from heaven. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Do you see the difference? Let's keep going. He said, um, did I give you verse 5, Titus? No, let's go to verse 12. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification that of the church that you seek to excel, right? It's not about selfish ambitions. 
It's not what a great little prophet or prophetess you are. It's not about people looking at you because you got to streamline to heaven. I would run from people that try to prophesy to me like that. You better have some accountability. You better have some battle wounds. And you better be submitted to authority or you have nothing to say over me. Nobody's going to prophesy over me unless I know it's going to be the voice of the Spirit. Amen. No selfish ambitions. All right. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. What does that mean? If you're going to pray in in your prayer language, which is wonderful, allow the Holy Spirit to interpret it. So pray. Say, I'm going to pray for myself. When you're going to pray in tongues over yourself, stop. Let the Holy Spirit interpret it to you. What is the word of the Lord saying? If you're going to pray over your children, you should be praying over your children, praying in tongues and getting a word of God and prophesying over them. You will be shocked the things the Lord will show you about your children. Praying over your companies, laying hands, pray in tongues, and then what? Interpret what the Holy Spirit's saying. That way I'm not just running around being a crazy lunatic speaking in tongues. Okay. If, if you look at the history of the Bible, church, There's nothing wrong with putting emotion in things. I love emotions, you know. But nowhere did you find that there was hysteria or emotionalism or abnormally of any kind when they spoke in tongues. It was their lifestyle. They walked speaking in tongues. Now, we can come into charismatic environments and and we can pray and speak in tongues and be exaggerative. There's nothing wrong with that because you go into warfare mode. But it doesn't always have to be that way. It's a lifestyle of speaking in tongues. I went through a time where I'm just going to pray in tongues every day and make it a habit. And I found myself, even at the grocery store, just praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Why? Because I can get in tune with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I had to be mindful, but I wanted to create a lifestyle for me. Verse 14, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, but I will also pray with the understanding. See, there's the balance. We're going to do both. I will sing with the Spirit, but I will also sing with the understanding. That's why sometimes you'll see people who will be singing the song of the Lord. Oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could sing a beautiful song of the Lord. I cannot. I only make a joyful noise. It is. It's just between me and the Lord. But you pray, you do both. Because if you're only praying in tongues, you're not having the understanding of what the Holy Spirit's saying. Amen? So let's look at verse, um, let's go down to verse 39, I believe it is. 39 and 40. It says, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Look at this. And do not forbid to speak with, do not forbid people to speak with tongues. Do not forbid them to speak with tongues. That means the church should always have the freedom of speaking in tongues in the church. Let all things be done decently and in order. See, God loves his church to be blessed, but he also wants things to be done in order. Amen? Okay, let me close with this. You got, Yeah, right. You're like, right. Should I just save this for another lesson? Because I want to pray for you guys today. You want it? Till noon. Oh, what time's football? <laughs> Heathens. I'm keeping you longer just for that. Lock the back door. <laughs> I'll be gone. You heathen. Okay, I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to pray for you guys. And I'm going to share this story with you to build your faith. But in Romans, let's close with Romans 8. It says, likewise, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, also helps in our weaknesses. 
See, if you're struggling with temptation, struggling with maybe your pornography and you want to get set free from it, struggling with drug addiction or alcohol, whatever it is that you know the Holy Spirit wants to set you free, that's your weaknesses. Start praying in the Holy Spirit. You replace that with the power of God. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you're praying in your prayer language, it prays the perfect will of God. And we know that we all know this part of the verse. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. We all shout that. But prior, he's like, pray in tongues. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there's groanings that might be uttered. Mamas, you may get on prostrate before God, and there may only be a cry and a groaning that doesn't have words, and the Holy Spirit's taking over and working things out in the spirit that you could never pray enough words for. I'll share a quick testimony, and then we're going to pray for you. But I was at a prayer meeting when I was a, a young adult. I had a, a really great group of Christian friends, and my friend's mom was into Buddhist idols, all kinds of idols all over her house. And being naive Christians that we were, we decided to come over, and we we're going to cast demons out of this house. <laughs> well, we were young, loved Jesus, so we are in this living room, and we were worshiping, and we were all kind of just laying on the floor and crying out to God and praying, praying in the Spirit. And we had spent quite some time just letting the presence of God come in this house. Well, I just got up. I don't know why. Obviously, the Holy Spirit led me, and I got up, and I ended up in this little room in this house all by myself. And as soon as I got into this room, it's like in the Spirit, everything in the natural went away, and God, I went into the Spirit. And I saw uh, this giant bookshelf kind of popped up at me. And this one book jumped out at me, and it said Edgar Allan Poe. And I knew that that was demonic. He's a demonic author. And it just, I mean, it just kind of came out at me like this. And all of a sudden, I saw in the spirit all the demons that we had prayed in the house to leave ended up in this room. And I was in this room. And you can believe me if not, but it happened. And I saw these demons just swirling around me. The room was small, and I just saw. And all of a sudden, I began to groan in the spirit. I was like praying. Oh, it was like this groaning of the spirit. It, it's not words that came out of me. It was deep. And I knew that spiritual warfare was going on. And God was taking me to this supernatural place to deal with the strongholds that were in this house. And I began to groan in the spirit. And I just had this courageous faith. I don't know. Normally, I'm a big chicken. I run from this stuff. But I just began to groan and groan. And I saw this swirling and saw this swirling. And all of a sudden, I saw the wall of this house open up like a portal. And every one of those demons swooshed right out of the house. Just swooshed right out of the house. And then the wall closed up. And I was back in the natural. I'm telling you, that's the Holy Spirit that we serve. 
Those are supernatural encounters that God wants to take us into if we will be open and willing to say, God, this may be strange and, and I don't understand it, but I want this power of the Holy Spirit. And I've had many encounters, nothing to that degree, I'll be really honest, because we were super naive, so I think God's grace was on us. But I've had encounters where God just showed up in moments and his presence was so thick and so real and, and visitations and visions and seeing things in the spirit because when you are aware of the Holy Spirit in your life, he will open up and show you things. He will show you things about your children. He will show you what they're addicted to or the bully at school. He will show you where the wound came in when they were little. We need supernatural insight to what the spirit is doing in this hour. Amen. And it's going to take us church being bold and courageous with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask uh, pastors and elders, I'd like my ministry partners to come too. If you guys would come, Lori, Chuck, if you would come also. Go ahead and come now. I'm going to open up the altar for those who need to speak in tongues. I'm just going to have you come forward right now. We're going to pray for you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you haven't spoken tongues for a while and it's your time to get filled. I want you just to be bold and courageous. Begin to make your way. Come on. Begin to make your way. The rest of you, I'm going to have you stand to your feet and we're going to pray in the Holy Spirit. It may have been a minute since you have spoken in tongues, but it doesn't matter. God wants to charge you today. He wants to empower you today. He wants to ignite that faith on the inside of you. So if you need agreement, I want you to come on down. Pastor Lonnie's still open. Miss Lee's still open. Elder Mike is still open. Now I want you to pray in tongues right now, church. Pray in tongues. Stir yourself up, church. Come on. Pray if it's the last thing you can pray today. It's the last time you can pray in the Holy Spirit. I want nobody moving around. If you can, just respect this moment. Teenagers, if you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come down right now. Teenagers that need to speak in tongues. Come on down right now. Come on. We're going to pray for you. Come on down. It's time for you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Chad, Chrissy, I want you to lay hands. Quinn, I want you to lay hands on them. Yes, come and lay hands on them. We're going to come and you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Every one of them in the name of Jesus. Every one of them. Lay hands and pray for them. If you don't want to come forward, God will just teach. He'll give you your prayer language right where you're at. Listen, it's past your mind. It comes from your spirit. It may feel silly to you, but I want you to pray. Just open up your mouth and begin to pray right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Oh, 
Keep praying, church. Keep praying, church. Awaken your spirit. Let it begin to rise up in this hour. Hallelujah, God. Fresh fire, fresh fire, God. Fresh anointing, God. Oh, so Awaken us, O God. Awaken us, O Spirit. Let us be sensitive to you, God. Let us feel your power and your anointing, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you need prayer, come on down. Come on down. You can see it's not embarrassing. We've all been at this altar one time or another. Or just start praying right where you're at right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, stir us up, Holy Spirit, activate us, Holy Spirit, give us fresh fire, God, fresh power, Holy Spirit. Overflow, God. Let it overflow in this house, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give us a hunger and a thirst for your presence and your power and your anointing. We will not be ashamed of you, God. We will not be ashamed. Hallelujah, God. We will boldly declare. Did they get your prayer language? Praise God. They're getting filled up here this morning, church. Let's rejoice. They're receiving their prayer language. Hallelujah. All of our teenagers speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Did you all get your prayer language? I'm so proud of you. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Come on up. It's not too late. No shame in the name of Jesus. There's no shame in the name of Jesus. We break shame off anyone, God, that doesn't feel worthy, God. Ignite this generation, God. Ignite, hallelujah, your Holy Spirit. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, I just pray over every one of this morning that's 
not at the altars. I just want to pray for you that are standing, can I? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for everyone here this morning to feel the fresh fire of your Holy Spirit, God. I thank you, Lord, that you touch them right now, God, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Let there be a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. Touch them, God. Ignite them. Activate them in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that they will be baptized with the fresh fire of your Holy Spirit, God. And Lord, they may not speak in tongues today, but I thank you as they go, they will feel that unction. They will feel that awakening. They will feel that quickening in the name of Jesus Christ, God. Hallelujah. If you don't speak in tongues right now, just close your eyes. God wants to give you your heavenly language. It may just sound like a, a little syllable, but God wants you to use your tongue. It's your tongue. So just begin to pray right now. Stay right here, honey. Just begin to pray in tongues if you don't right now. If you want someone to lay hands on you, just put your hands in the air right now. You want someone to agree with you, just put your hands in the air. Somebody lay hands on Eloisa right there. She wants to be touched. Right there, she's going to get filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So many, so many getting touched. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. wonderful the Holy Spirit is. He's so wonderful and gentle and he's gracious and he doesn't make us do more than we're ready to do. But I just want to challenge you as we close our service today, allow the Holy Spirit to be part of your every day. If you are have your prayer language and you speak in tongues, say every day, God, I'm going to commit to walk and pray five minutes at least. I'm going to pray in tongues over my family, 
myself, my marriage, my future, whatever it is, let the Holy Spirit begin to be activated in your life. Amen. And I want us to come as a church. Remember, we are a Holy Spirit-filled, tongue-talking church. That is who Faith Builders is. And let's not get so comfortable that we're not activating him when we come into our worship. Amen. When we come in to receive at the altars, we are a Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, spiritual, supernatural creators. Amen. Amen. I love you all so much. You may be seated. I'm going to let's welcome Pastor Paul this morning.